right? In the middle of chaos, most people will believe that there is a God, but there is a difference between believing that there is a God and being in Christ. If you are in Christ, that means you have decided to surrender to and to follow Jesus, which means your life is radically transformed, right? And the word tells us that we don't look like the rest of the world anymore, but that we should be different than the world. We should be transformed, right? And so we don't live like people with no hope. We don't panic. We don't get sucked into chaos because we're Christians. We're not like everybody else in the world. At least we shouldn't be, right? And so there's three ways that that we're not like the world that I want us to drill down on today. And the first one is this. As Christians, we live by faith, not by fear. When Jesus was comforting his disciples in in John 14, in 14.1, he says this, do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. And context is important. So so in that text, uh, what's happening is Jesus has just told his disciples, one of them is going to betray him. They're all going to run away from him and he is going to die. And then he says, but hey, don't let your heart be troubled because um, you can believe in God and, and also believe in me. And so we, we understand that even in dire circumstances, what Jesus says to our hearts is, don't let your heart be troubled. We, we continue in 14 down in verse 27. And he says, I'm going to leave you with a gift. I mean, he said, I'm going, right? I'm going to die. They're going to put me on a cross and they're going to put me in a tomb and I'm leaving you with this gift. It's peace of mind. It says, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled and don't be afraid. See, Jesus promises he'll give us this peace that makes zero sense. And the world can't give it. Only he can give it. You see, I I want you to understand this, right? God's not sitting in heaven thinking, wow, I did not see this coming. God is not in heaven asking his angels who was supposed to be on virus duty, right? God isn't confused that the coronavirus has become a thing. Our God is faithful. Our God is in control. We have peace because he's faithful and in control. Our God is good, and our God has a plan, and that should give us peace, not as the world gives. Listen, I, when the government tells us, hey, we've got a plan to deal with COVID-19, we can take some solace in that, that they're working hard. But when God says, listen, I have a plan, that's peace for our heart. It's peace that should make us easy. Right? It's peace that should change the way that we see things. God won't leave us. He won't forsake us. He's working in all things. And, and I want to say this in light of that. Listen, Christian, you cannot be a person of fear. What does it say about your trust in God? If you're living a life of fear, Right? If you are walking around afraid that this is going to get you or that something is going to happen or that we're going to run out of this or that, that shortages will happen and that is consuming all of your time and energy and your thought and your speech, listen, what message is that giving the world about the Jesus Christ that we follow? It's not giving them a message of hope. Right? Here, here's what Paul says in 2 Timothy 1.7. He says, God hasn't given us a spirit of fear and timidity but of power, love, and self-discipline. And when we live lives of faith, not fear, it demonstrates to a watching world that Jesus has got this, 
that he's in control and that he gives peace. And we can rest in that, right? We're aware, but we don't panic, right? We're cautious, but we're not fearful. And I want to give a word of caution here. Some of you are not doing yourself any favors by 24-7 watching the news um, or, or scrolling through your Facebook feed and reading the latest update from the latest expert um, and then putting it on your feed and sharing it with people like they're doing it wrong if they're not watching your video and they're not reading your articles. Listen to me. I want you to be that obsessed with God, right? Like, like if you spent as much time praying to the God of the universe for the peace that passes human understanding in your heart, if you spent that much time right, as you did watching the news and scrolling through your Facebook feed worried about the coronavirus, I promise you the world would see a Christian full of faith, not a Christian full of fear, and it would make a difference. And there's nobody really here right now, so it doesn't hurt me that nobody said amen, but if you want to type that in, you know, so that you can make sure that you're agreeing with that, listen, stop spending all of your time on a news cycle and spend your time digging in with the God of the universe, Listen, I'm not saying be foolish, right? But I'm saying that you don't need to live in fear, right? And some of you are like, but Matt, the stakes are really high. We might die. Look, yeah, you might. I hope not. I'm not suggesting that you go lick some door handles. That would be a bad idea. But you might. But you know what, Christian? You're to live a life of faith, even in, especially in, the face of death. Because listen, we know that our God, because we are followers of Jesus Christ, our God has this. And that should give us ridiculous peace. So we live by faith, not fear. And the second thing is this. I got to encourage you, I got to ask you to be sacrificial not selfish. Christian, I need you to live a life of sacrifice, not a life of of self-centeredness. And there is nothing like a crisis to bring out the best and the worst in our humanness. Some people, when there's a crisis, will go above and beyond pouring themselves out for the sake of other people. And other people, when there's a crisis will become so self-focused and self-centered that they will hurt everybody around them to make sure that their needs are met. But none of that is what Christ calls us to. Paul tells us in Philippians 2, verses 3 and 4, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble. Get this. Thinking of others as better than yourself. And then this is the key in verse 4. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. And Paul wrote that to the early church in the first century when they faced crazy persecution, right? They were losing their lives for living a life of faith. But even in the midst of losing their lives and being at constant threat from persecution, they were still called to think of others as more than they thought of themselves. And they were called to pour themselves out for the sake of other people, to look out for their interest as much as their own. Listen, first century Christians, they weren't hoarding stuff right? They weren't rushing to the Jerusalem Walmart so they could grab all of the emergency supplies and hoard all of the toilet paper and all of the Clorox wipes and have them all 
for themselves. Listen, we are the body of Christ. We put others ahead of ourselves. It's the mark of the Christian faith. Look at Acts 2. Here's how the early church handled it. All of the believers, verses 44 through 46, all of the believers were together and they had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day, they continued to meet together in temple courts. They broke bread in their homes. They ate together with glad and sincere hearts. Right? And there's a couple things that we'll pull apart in there, but the first thing there is this. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. They held everything in common. I mean, you've seen the pictures, right, of the shopping carts full of food, gallons and gallons and gallons of milk and eggs and and cleaning supplies and toilet paper, leaving the shelves empty for everybody else because, well, what if I need it? I might not, but what if I do? Right? It's this self-centered, selfish mentality. And it's running rampant. But church, here's the deal. You're supposed to be better than that. That's not an insult to everybody else. I want everybody to live lives of self-sacrifice instead of self-centeredness. But church, you can't be surprised if they don't because they're not the ones that have been transformed by the God of the universe. But if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, that means you have Christ living in your heart. The Holy Spirit is in you and you are supposed to be marked by sacrifice, not selfishness. So I, I want you to stop. I've been moved by three really specific examples um, just in our church body in the last two days. Um, somebody stopped here by the church, and I've, I've had an email and another phone call um, just from people letting me know. Um, one was dropping off a check that was above and beyond that was just prepared to help meet some needs. Uh, another was a person on the phone saying, look, I've got some extra food and, and I've got some extra finances. If, if it comes to that and somebody is in need, please let us know. We'd love to, to be the body of Christ and come along and support that need. And, and somebody else that just said, hey, I, I got some extra toilet paper. If anybody needs a roll, let me know. Um, and, and those things sound simple, but you know what else they should sound? They should sound Christian, right? Because that's what the early church did. They came around each other. They met each other's needs. And, and, and can I just put a plug in here? Um, well, two things. One, for, you know, if you have been thinking about ways that you can start to meet needs in our community during this time, either in the church community, or if you've been thinking about ways to meet needs um, just in, in the Vinton local community, this would be a good time to encourage others. Because sometimes we're really willing but we don't know exactly what to do or how to do it. And so if you've been thinking about something, if there's something that you're like, yes, that's a way I can be a blessing to others, we drop a comment in, um, in, you know, in, in the, the, the text below just so that other people can be encouraged by what you're thinking about and, and maybe take a page out of that and start to do some of that themselves. But I want to put a plug in here. This is why your giving matters. Your giving matters because when there are needs in the church, because of your giving, or when there's needs in the community because of your giving, um, we as a church body can demonstrate the love of Christ to people that need it. No strings attached because you've been generous uh, with what God's given you. And, and, and sometimes there are going to be needs that we can't meet that way. And, and that's when 
We, we do what it calls for in Acts 2, right? We, we come together as a body. We hold everything in common. Sometimes we sell possessions, right, so that we can supply a need for somebody else in the family of God. And it sounds weird, right? When we think about that, it sounds so weird. Why would we do that? You know, why would we sell an extra car so we could meet the needs of rent for somebody that can't go to work these days, right? Why would we, why would we sell an extra set of golf clubs that we're, that we're not using? Let's hold on to it just in case. You know, why would we sell that? Well, we would sell it because, you know what, maybe that helps buy groceries for a family that, that isn't able to provide that right now because they've been told not to show up at work. I mean, I don't know what the needs are going to be, but here's what I know. I know as a church, we are supposed to be marked by self-sacrifice, not self-centeredness. And the other thing in Acts 2, um, and don't miss this, even when it was crazy, even when there was persecution, here's what happened. Every day they continued to meet. Every day they gathered together to meet. And we live in a time when people will skip church for just about any reason possible. They're tired. They were out late on Saturday night. They've got sporting events for their kids. Um, they just want a day to relax and rest, right? They, they are just hiding from something, or, or they're just apathetic. I don't know, but people will skip church for a lot of reasons. But the early church, they met together daily, right? And, and for some of us, that's weird, right? Because right now, we can't get together. So you're thinking, okay, Matt, like, like even though we can't get together, what are we supposed to do? And I want to encourage you, this is not the time to shrink away from your faith. This is the time to dig in, right? Not once a week, but daily, right? Let's join together as the family of God. Let's be the church. We always say, hey, we are the church. The church isn't a building that we go to, but it's the people of God. Listen, what if we acted like that were true, right? And we didn't just say it so that it sounded good, but that we actually understood and we acted as if we are the people of God. And so you might be thinking, how? Well, listen, we're working hard for you during this time. You know, we're streaming this service. I really hope that, that you are gathered together, not just you, but your family. Um, Shauna and her team, before this live service started, they, they, had, um, they had children's programming available for you to sit down with your kids and watch that and, and go through the discussion and some of the activities. There are other things that she's planned for you to do as a family um, so that you can be working with your kids. You can be sharing your faith with people that are nervous and scared. You can be talking about, while well, they're nervous and scared, that you get it, that you understand, but here's why I'm not. Like, I used to be anxious, but, but Christ has given me peace, right? You can be demonstrating this all over the place. Pastor David posted something uh, just today about a virtual prayer meeting that we're going to be having on Sunday night. Elders, and, and, and elders in training and some of the staff are going to be posting things every day throughout the week to help keep you centered and help keep you worshiping. Listen, this is not the time to shrink away. This is the time to dig in. Do I wish that we were meeting publicly as a church? Absolutely, right? And, and as soon as we can, we will, um, but it's not time to shrink away. It's time to dig in. It's important because we see our church, and not just our building, but our church body, as a spiritual refuge for people in need. And that's the last thing I want to share, right? So, so three things that we've been talking about. One, we live by faith, not by fear, right? We're sacrificial, not selfish. 
And then the last thing is this. We are to shine the light of Christ, not to hide it away. Listen to this in Matthew 5. Jesus shares these words. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. See, we we never stop being evangelistic because we know a lot of people are looking for hope. I'm going to be honest with you. That's going to be harder now, but on the other hand, it's going to be easier. It's going to be harder now, right? It's going to be harder because normally our, our idea of evangelism is, well, let's just invite them to come to church with us. And that's awesome. I love it when you invite people to come to church with you. This is a little bit different. Right, You can tell them, hey, we're going to be watching and we're going to be worshiping this service um, at, at 9.30 on Sunday mornings. And so you can watch and we'll talk about it later and you can do that. But it's, it's going to be more difficult. But on the other hand, guys, listen, it's going to be easier than ever because people are scared. People are nervous. People are freaked out. Right, And even if they're not freaked out, they're exhausted and they're burnout. Right, and, and they're 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 a little bit uneasy about finances and food and cleaning supplies and toiletries and what do we do with our kids home all day and and how are we going to make sure they learn what they need to learn and and what about baseball? Baseball matters, guys. We we can't sleep on baseball. <laughs> I, I miss baseball, but people are nervous, and it gives us an excellent opportunity to be the light of Christ here in Vinton, right? And so we shine the light, we don't hide it. Unfortunately, the problem is with Christians, oftentimes when things don't go the way we want, we look like everybody else. We're known a little bit too much for complaining and a little bit too much for second guessing and not nearly enough, right, for shining the light of Christ even when things are chaotic right? We're, we're, we're too upset about what the government is or isn't doing, or what the church is or isn't doing, um, or what our neighbors are or aren't doing, right? And here's the thing, nobody knows, right? My kids are, my, my kids keep saying, this is really interesting. We've never seen anything like this before. And I keep telling them, you know what? We've never seen anything like this before. And in that, we make mistakes all the time. All we can do is say, you know what? We're sorry, when we make a mistake, forgive us. If the government makes a mistake, whatever it is, and, and next pandemic, we'll try to do it better. Right? But the reality is, right, as Christians, we shouldn't be focusing on that stuff. As Christians, we should be focused on shining the light of Jesus Christ. And with all my heart, I sincerely believe this. God wants to use this time for good. Right? If we turn to Jesus, and we take our responsibility of being the light of Christ seriously, I believe that we'll see a movement unlike one that we've seen. Romans 8, 28, um, Paul, through the power of the Holy Spirit, says this, and we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Listen, God did not cause this This isn't a mark of God's judgment against the world, right? This isn't God falling asleep at the wheel. 
God didn't do this to us. But here's what we know. We know that God won't waste it. His word promises so clearly, right, that he will use everything for the good of those that love him and are called according to his purposes. God is prepared to use this. And if you love him and you're following him and you're called according to his purposes, then here's what I can promise you. No matter how messy it gets, no matter how bad it gets, no matter how much it stinks, here's what I know. It will be good for you. You know, the people that you've been praying for, you desperately want them to come to know Jesus Christ, the people that you love, the people that you don't want to be in hell, but you want them to be redeemed. This is an opportunity that God's given you to speak truth and comfort to them, to give them hope. Right, those opportunities that we have to get serious about our faith, this is an opportunity that God wants to use it for good right? The opportunity to be Christ to your neighbors in the community, this is an opportunity that God's giving you, right? He didn't cause it, but he is not about to waste it. If you step into what he has for you, I promise you he'll use it for good in your life and the life of the people around you, right? That's just the reality. Here's the deal. People are afraid, unsettled, and they're anxious. They're looking for hope. And here's the truth. As Christians, we are supposed to be dealers of hope. Light shiners, love givers. It's weird, this, this virus is contagious, but, but Christianity ought to be even more so, right? Uh, it's one of the things we keep finding out about the coronavirus is it is so highly contagious and that's why it's spreading out of control. But, but here's the reality, the love of Christ is even more so. When you love people, when you shine light, when you give hope, look, that's contagious. And I can't promise you how it's gonna end, but I can promise you this. God is good, and he won't waste this, and we can trust him, right? I'm believing the love and hope of Jesus will spread faster than any virus. And so I wanna end uh, with, with just this last thought, and I'll ask the praise team to come up as we um, prepare to close out, but, but it's this thing that I want you to know in, in all of the chaos. Um, we can have hope because we are absolutely saved by the grace of Jesus Christ. He is absolutely in control, and he's conquered the world. And so be encouraged. Uh, don't set your minds on earthly things, but, but set your mind on things above. And most of all, do not become weary uh, of doing good. As, as we close out, I just want you to remember the words uh, that Paul shared to the Philippians at the height of, of kind of the chaos uh, and uncertainty that they were facing. They were not to be anxious about anything, but in everything, through prayer and petition, make their requests known to God, and the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. We're different. We're not of this world. Our minds are not conformed to the pattern of chaos around us we're supposed to be transformed. So let's remember that we live by faith, not fear. We live sacrificially, not selfishly. And we shine the light of Christ. We certainly don't hide it. Why don't you pray with me? Heavenly Father, you are good and gracious and kind. And even in the midst of, of turmoil, you are absolutely in control. And you've promised that, that you have conquered the world and that you give peace, peace that's better than anything the world offers. And so God, we rest in that peace today. And we just thank you for who you are. Amen.